Okay, with Thea Touchton, uh, Armed with a Dildo is the short film played at the Comedy Festival. She is the writer and producer. Uh, with the name Armed with a Dildo, one would assume it's a comedy, correct? Yes, absolutely, yeah. It kind of has to be, I guess, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think we have a touch of, like, drama in it, obviously. Um, but, yeah, definitely a comedy of the raunchy kind. Okay, so basically you got a boyfriend and a girlfriend, uh, you have a mass shooter, you have a, kind of like a motel room romantic night evening, basically then shenanigans take place and comedic, uh, comedic uh, or, or comedy unravels, I guess, during the five minute film, I guess, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so tell me, I'm very curious about the making of this film. I find it fascinating. So this is this is a film that's made up with the Collaborative Film Festival, correct? Yes, absolutely. So tell people about the, the Collaborative Film Festival. So the Collaborative Film Festival, I think you can uh, be a part of it from anywhere in the world, really, if you wanted to. But um, the meeting place that they have is in Los Angeles. And the goal is, it's like, a it's almost as similar to a 48 hour, except you don't have a prop or a line that you have to use. But, um, and you have like more time, you have two weeks. Uh, and but you go in, uh, you meet a bunch of people that night, you can come in with like a little name tag and you'd be like, this is what I'm looking for, like an editor or, you know, like a, oh, okay. a cinematographer. So you come in like that and then they unveiled the quote, which was uh, like a, a Martin Luther King Jr. quote, which was maybe not said by him, but it was something about like silence. Um, you know, like you if you're silent about the things that matter, basically, you should speak up. So that's uh, that was like the quote of the theme that every short had to be upon. Um, this is my first year doing it. Uh, I didn't place at their festival. But the cool thing about it is like, no matter what, you get a film at the end of it that you made with a bunch of like new people. And um, yeah, it was a really interesting experience. So you didn't talk, you didn't know anybody like part of the film, like all the, all the people, like the other writers and the director, cast members who are some of the writers. So I ended up knowing a couple of the nope. people um, that I just brought in because I tried to use everybody for the collaborative film fest, but because we were taking, we were undertaking things as a company we hadn't done before. Like we hadn't really, we had used knives before in shoots, but we hadn't used a gun. There were just like certain things. So I wanted to do mine early so I shot like literally, I think we all met on that Thursday and I shot that Sunday. So a bunch of people kind of dropped the the night before, which apparently happens from me talking to the film festival. So then I brought in people that I knew. I originally went, he's no longer my business partner, but at the time that he was uh, the editor and one of the writers, uh, he was the person that I knew beforehand, but everybody else was pretty new. Uh, and the director I ended up bringing in who was also somebody I knew but everybody else uh brand new met that Thursday so are you a performer first and foremost before anything else I I started that way I think it's changing uh especially given the strike I I didn't realize that I had it in me to be a filmmaker in any sort of the word like I just it was never something that was taught like my high school didn't have a film club there was nothing like that and I had just done acting for film and then over the pandemic, I like, I just wanted more than acting. Cause I think a lot of that is sometimes out of your control. Like you don't have a say of when you can do it. Um, so I was like, no, I want to, I want to tell more stories. So then I got into producing. Um, and since like I started my company in the pandemic level, I've done like lots of other things besides producing. Like I've done behind the scenes photography, I've done sound, I've just filled in cause 
uh, during like the first we didn't start until like out of the pandemic, but even those like first couple of months where you could even go through your mask, like everything had to be very small. Um, so I picked up a lot that way. So you're, uh, so basically, basically what I've got, what I've got out of that is that the pandemic and the strike kind of helped you creatively in your own personal world a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think in a lot of ways, it was a rest period for me. I know it wasn't that way for everybody, but for me, it allowed me to get a little more organized and kind of move into to learning more things and like mapping out that part of my brain and, and getting more confident in those skills. Gotcha. And so right now you you're you you're you're like a self like motivator. You got a good social media following on YouTube, on on Instagram. And you're kind of always telling your stories within the social media platforms, getting your name out there. Is that something that that came by osmosis or was it just something that you kind of like grind away at it every day and you make sure that you have a presence online? I I definitely think there there is more of a grind to it now. I, I started, honestly, because when I was 13, I attempted suicide. So I was going through a lot of things. And then from that, I just learned like, I didn't want anybody to be alone. So that was when I just started sharing things online about like my feelings and like things that helped me get through the day. And from there, I built a following, I would say. Um, and sometimes as I've gotten older and learned kind of the the pitfalls of social media, there are times where it's like, I just need to be in real life, you know, and and creating that and not being online. So when I was younger, I feel like I was like every day, it was way more fulfilling. And now um, due to kind of that tragedy, I do a lot of things that bring me joy in the moment because you just never know when your day is going to be your last. And I think like actively choosing happiness is really important creativity, like for your cre creative self, for your physical self, everything. Do you ever worry because it's obviously some of some of your posts have like are on the comedic uh, level or do you worry about are you conscious about crossing the line of any way like it's like such a really everybody's so fickle these days it's like you, you, say, you say one thing wrong everybody kind of jumps on your back. Yeah I used to have a lot of fear of that and then I just decided if they're going to jump on my back it's probably for good reason and I will deal with it then. I think that trying to find humor, especially in dark times, is like, it's necessary. And I think trying to quell humor, like, I've always thought it's kind of ridiculous that people would go to a comedy show and expect it to be politically correct. It's like, it's not a rally. You know what I mean? It's a, it's in a different context. Um, I That's not to say that words don't have impact and like what you can say can harm people and that it's important to stay educated. So I try to like keep up with like, you know, what's okay to say, what's, you know, just, just educating myself. But I'm also like, you got to have a fun time. And sometimes you have to be bold and be willing to be canceled. Honestly, like you have to just go out there and live else. What's life, right? Like the greatest artists have taken risks and no one is liked hundred percent of the time. Like nobody even famous, nobody yeah. in day-to-day -day life. Like you're always going to have people who just don't get you. In I the think more, there's like yeah. a, and the more yeah. famous you are, the more followers you have, the more haters you're going to get, right? Yeah, for sure. There's this Kat Von D quote that's like, you could be the ripest, juiciest peach, and there's still going to be somebody that hates peaches. So you might as well just do what you're passionate about.
Sorry if you hear tinkling noises. My cat decided that it was time to jump and look out the window. So, <laughs> so you you still do your improv group like every other week, every other Sunday? Yeah, yeah. We are uh, we perform at the Pack Theater, the Broadwater Theater, uh, every second and fourth Sunday at seven p.m. So and so you're just doing improv, so things come up, right? Like like oh yeah, for sure. It's always great. really fun. What did you say? Sorry, said, you're, you're you're on stage every other week being brave. Like it's like, yeah, yeah, you don't know what's sure. going to happen. I know there's certain guidelines, right? You kind of have. Yeah. Idea. Well, we had an interesting conversation, too, of like one of our members brought up like, hey, you know, like I I just kind of freeze up if we do domestic violence scenes. And we're like, OK, as a team, we're going to respectively like avoid that because there are like, you know, there are so many other humorous things that we can do. Yeah. Now you see my little cat's tail. Um, so on your on your bio, it says, uh, yeah, I see your cat now. I just see the yeah. On your bio, it says uh, you're a non-binary, disabled, Latina, and pansexual uh, producer actor. Yes. That's pretty. That's a mouthful of... Uh, of yeah, uh, it's, of I yeah. always have felt that, that I am like so many divisions of things. Um, <clears throat> and I started just, at first I was like hesitant to share that stuff. I was like, maybe this stuff is not personal but I also I just remember feeling like there was nobody else like me in a lot of ways and and sometimes that's fun because originality but also sometimes it's lonely so I was like well I should share like the truth of like who I am so in case anybody is like any one of those adjectives or whatever they they can feel like okay hey like if I wanted to make a movie I could like even if I'm disabled right like this person puts together films right like that can be motivating um so that's why I was just sharing for that I, maybe as I get older I might take a couple of them off because I don't really know if like my sexual identity is public information you know in some ways like it's but I do think that it's important to talk about like queer media particularly in a time now where there's like a lot of anti-gay hate and laws like I think right now it's important to be like no like I am proud of that and that is something that I want to emulate more in film and I don't want queer people to be exempt from film just because there's so much hatred going around yeah no no it's perfect it's uh I think it's great if I was your publicist or your agent I'd say keep it up that's basically <laughs> thank you from I a business it. standpoint yeah that's that's what people want to want to see these days right so it's like you're a trend center yeah right yeah. Without even realizing it, perhaps. All right. So let's talk about this film. So you, okay, you co-wrote it. You're in the film. You pr you're the producer. And then, so when did like you got this two weeks to kind of like figure out this film? When did you guys start divvying up the parts and divvying up the the roles of responsibility when making it? So Winnie, who is, uh, I think her name is Danielle, and it she's like the the woman fighter girlfriend character. Yeah. She had this idea, and then. Uh, my business partner at the time and I were like, we were very fixated with it and uh, it fit the quote in our minds. So we took her idea and then we just went and wrote a script in like a couple of hours. Um, the editor did not want to do that. He was like, but I was like, no, if we get it on paper, like we have such a few times, like we'll be able to like punch up some of the lines and make it like a really, really good script. Um, and honestly, I think it's one of the best that we had written together ever which is kind of amazing and short of the time so sometimes I think putting in that like time frame boundary you'd be like surprised what you can come up with and the limits of that 
Um, so she, we knew Winnie going in was going to play the girlfriend character because she really wanted to. So I, I wrote, like, I, I just obviously met Winnie, but I kind of wrote knowing, like, what she could do in that wheelhouse. And then I knew I was going to play something in it, but I just figured, well, we'll see what comes up. And then uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be the OnlyFans because I have this rainbow wig that I really want to wear on film. And I don't know if I'm ever going to have an excuse to do it except for here. Um, I found, I think, many more excuses after, but I'm glad I got it out. So then I took that one. Originally, we had somebody else to play the shooter, but he didn't like that there was any lines. And it was a bit silly because I would have negotiated with him and I was like, oh, we could add some. But he just automatically said no. So we moved on. What well, kind, you know? um, kind of actor says that? It doesn't matter about the lines. It's about the essence of the, of the character. I don't know. Oh, for sure. But I was but whatever. It wasn't meant to be. So then I asked my friend Karuna, who also ended up directing. Um, and so she played that. Uh, which was kind of like a lesson in stunts for her as well, because we had like a stunt coordinator that that had to do that. So it was very interesting to watch her do a director and do the stunts as well. That was not originally planned. And I I kind of was like, hey, we, we could always get somebody to replace you stunt wise so you could focus on directing. Um, but she didn't want to do that. And I'm down for people to like, I'll let anybody try anything once, even if my producer instinct is like, hmm, you know, I, I'm not quite sure. But as long as I'm like, you know, it's going to be safe, then I'm all right with it. And as we had like a stunt director looking over that, I felt like it was it was time we could allow this risk to happen. I mean, like there's been other male actors who direct and do stunts. So I was like, all right, we'll try it at the indie level. But <laughs> I wish we had a little bit of a higher budget. But OK, if as long as you're consenting, you know. So and then you rented, uh, I'm assuming you rented a hotel room and shot in, at the hotel? Yeah, yeah. Or motel? What's the one with like... Yeah, it, it was a motel, motel for right? sure. I don't even know, yeah. Yeah, that was a bit of a pickle because I had to call around and find ones that were okay with shooting. Um, I thought about getting and renting a space. Uh, this was extremely low budget because I had just done another like my first ever like official union SAG after short. So that was very high budget. And I only did that like two weeks before so I wasn't as flush as I wanted to be as a producer um also like we didn't really know what we were getting into until the night before and as I knew there were going to be a lot of newbies I didn't want to get a set that had like we have four hours which with like my normal crew we could get done but with a bunch of new people who are like learning and and getting used to new parts I didn't want to be like I don't want to put a pressure cooker on them so I was like ah a motel renting this makes sense because we'll have like the most time the most bang for a buck, if you will. Yeah, gotcha. And and so what like I'm curious, what was your motivation? You said you just did a SAG shoot before that. What was your motivation to just do this collaborative? Like what just to meet new people or like Yeah, for sure. I wanted to meet new people. I also feel like up until then the company was we just went a bit slower on shorts. Like we would take like, you know, at least a month or two for pre-production and then like a month of like figuring out the thing and then we would shoot it. And so this kind of just proved to me, I was like, oh, we could go a lot faster if we really wanted to. Um, it, it comes with its pros and its cons, especially like I think now with the strike even going on, you know, like everybody has seven jobs, it feels like. So it's like balancing all of that uh into it but but it was cool to know that we we could do that on the turnaround and I think it's shaped like just doing things faster because because you don't really know until you have those time constraints yeah gotcha and so you're you're what did you think about uh then you then you produced it but you also kind of like 
you, you I guess you were in a bath bathtub for like half of us, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Your, character, your character's in a bathtub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I usually am in a bathtub as well. Um, baths are <laughs> life saving, but yes. Uh, yeah. What was the question? <laughs> no, it was more of a statement than a question. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're producing in yeah. a bathtub, basically. I'm saying. I also I was so overwhelmed on that shoot day because we had a lot of people just like quitting last minute that I didn't bring a change of clothes. So I'm like doing sound in that costume. I'm like, uh, in hindsight, I would have brought a change of a change of outfit. Um, but hey, it worked and it didn't take time of me like going to the bathroom and changing. But yeah, if I could go back and redo it, I would definitely, because it was a bit, it was very silly. I mean, I, I love that I have shots of me holding a microphone in that costume because it's just ridiculous and yeah. makes me laugh but <laughs> ideally um would have been in more uh like movable athletic clothes and how much time did you have for uh for a post-production uh we did that in about a week uh we basically just started editing it the minute it was shot that was like saturday night so that sunday afternoon it got picked up and was finished fully uh by that tuesday i think um so monday yeah like four four and a half days it wasn't like an all-day thing because my editor had other stuff going on as well um we were like at that time editing a documentary so it was yeah. kind of a half and half mix of that but um yeah there there was like a couple of like matching up the sound um and like the gunshot and like the noises of the people so that took a little bit of like fine tuning in the editing and like color correction. Um, this was definitely one where the director and editor went back and forth a lot too on disagreements. So that was yeah. uh, interesting to watch as a producer too. So you see, you seem to be busy uh, in, in the last year doing a lot of things, different things. Yeah. I like it that way. <laughs> So you're getting a bunch of shorts you're you're acting in or producing or writing and and uh do you want to do you, did you ever want to direct a film? I think I'm good on directing. Maybe I could see it happening sometime um just because I like to try everything and I think like I could learn as a producer how to best communicate with the director if I had an experience of directing because I would I would know in some ways but I don't feel like the need to cross it off. I definitely feel like too because I do so many things, like kind of niching down is something I've been focusing on the past couple of years and being like, okay, what do I really want to do? Like what really lights me up? Um, but yeah, I'm definitely going to keep making more content. I think I'm kind of, I made so many shorts at the beginning of the company just because it's such like an easy thing to fund, easy thing to learn. Um, but now I'm more focused on like longer form projects, like projects like I'm working on like a animated TV show, an animated feature. So I think I'm going to kind of leave shorts behind. I don't think you can ever get your foot out of the door of shorts, maybe. Um, I think there, there's always something that's going to compel you because I think short form content, especially in the age of TikTok, is just like, there's so much to do here and so many ways to explore. But I'm shifting my focus more to like bigger projects. Um, yeah. Just one, there's a little bit more of a return on investment. And I like, I like impacting an audience more. And it's, it's more of a fun challenge to myself of like, okay, can I sell out like a, a hundred seat theater? Can I do this? Like, how can I get the audience more involved? Uh, what kind of short form content can I make off of this big thing? 
um i'm very fascinated with like trans media and all of that so yeah well you're, you're on your way that you, it seems like you got your body you work and you're ready for what you just described so basically <laughs> it makes sense that's your next that's your next step in your career so what did you think about uh what our for our audience we send the audience to you what they had to say about your film Oh my gosh, I cried. I thought it was, it was so moving. Like, I think this fest is so cool. Like, I, I'm like very happy to be here and so glad that y'all thought it up because it's genius. Um, and it's unlike any other festival I've ever had. I think it's, it's so moving to have whenever an audience sees your work and has just an opinion on it, even sometimes when it's sour or, or silly. I mean, all of the ones that I received were like very, very beautiful and heartfelt and, I like really treasured. Um, but most of those audience interactions that you get for your film, you know, they come up after your Q and A and you like, you didn't record them, you know, they're yeah. gone. They're only That's, in your head yeah. and your memory. Yeah. yeah. So it slips away. So it's like, you'll always remember it, but having it to where you can, I can go back on film. It's like its own short film that I can watch. Um, yeah. That's it's super cool. Like, and this film was like, it was just very tough. There was like a lot of personalities to, to navigate. And I was, very stressed out in making it so hearing that it was like worth it to an audience and that it touched people um and that they got the social activism because it was definitely something that I was trying I was like I've never really seen anybody try to necessarily be funny with social activism so I'm gonna just take a risk here and see if it lands and the fact that it did was like just very very fulfilling that's amazing and so, yeah, it's like, it's, it, I, I love to see what you do next in your next body of work. It's like, you got like, seems like you have 20 projects in two <laughs> alone. So, and so, but according, I just one one last uh, point is that according to IMDb, your, your birthday is December 31st. Is that correct? Yep. So yep, the last day of the year, really. is there something fitting about that? Because it's like, you're starting, you're literally starting, starting anew the next day, I guess. Right. It's your birthday. There's something, there's something kind of, uh, I don't know, there's something very interesting about having a birthday on that day. I don't know if you've ever overthought that like I just did. Oh, absolutely. I have. You want to know what's even wilder? So I was separated from my sister. She was in the foster care system. And then we met at when I was 22, right? She has, she's six years older than me. She has the same birthday. Oh, wow. So I know. So I used to feel like, when I was younger, it kind of is like kind of a sucky birthday. One, it's like right after Christmas, you're always stressed. Like I think, um, like financially, people and then two, a party for you though, right? Yeah, I mean, it was cool because like the whole world feels like it celebrates, but also like a bunch of my like childhood friends, you know, they're all vacationing or oh, like gotcha. going off with their family, so you're yeah. not you're not around there. But knowing that like my sister has a birthday too, it, it felt like cozier. But yeah, in some ways I really like it because I feel like people reflect twice in a year usually, their birthday and then on New Year's Eve. I only have to do it once. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I only have to do it one time there. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm honestly very looking forward to starting a new year and turning and surviving um, 27 because, man, it was it was quite the year. Um, well, you still got two two months to go. To go. I know. So, yeah, I know. Don't... I'm I'm ready to skip through them. I'm ready. Don't for count the day. chickens. Right? <laughs> what? Wait. What did you say? Sorry. Don't count your chickens yet. You still got two months. That's to true. Go. That's true. So many other good things can happen in the month. That's very. Lots. Lot, a yeah. lot. Of, you like look back at your life. I know you've only been around for 27 years, but <laughs> a lot can happen in two months. A lot. Yeah, that's true. And so do, do I, is your, are you still in base with your, touch base with your sister? Are you still close? Yeah, still yeah. 
I just found out that she is expecting. So I'm going to be an auntie. And yeah, I'm very excited. I'm going to go help her um, when the baby's born. That's that seems like a story in itself. The way you just I know, I know know what to do with that. My father was a wild man. Um yeah. Well, once you have enough perspective, it's a you have a, you have yourself a good film or a good TV series, I guess, for that. That's true. Yeah. That's where it originally started. I was thinking about doing something like in the television form. So we'll see. We'll see. Well, congratulations on this the success of this film and uh keep good keep at on the social media platform. You post some very funny stuff. It seems like your improv uh, group is is uh, is doing well too. So you're like you said, you're making films. You're doing you got this routine, which I always believed in. I used to do a collaborative group on Sundays, same time, and I, I wow. think like it really helped me a, a lot too. Like having that routine, what kind of for it forces you to create, it forces you to do something, kind of like yeah, you know what I mean. So uh, like oh yeah, great idea. Yeah, the routine is has been key for my success this year. Um, and it took a minute to kind of finagle and figure out, but I'm I'm really I feel really lucky to have settled into one. Well, let's talk again when you're gonna make your next film. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just made my my <laughs> first feature is pretty much done. I'm going to fix the other thing. So we just had a sold out premiere in Boston, uh World Mental Health Day 1010 called Bake It Till You Make It. So I'll be doing stuff with that. Yeah. It's called fake it till you make it. It's called bake it, bake it, like baking. Bake it till you make it. Yeah. It's about overcoming eating disorders and finding uh, mental health recovery through creativity. It's a documentary. Yep. It's a documentary. Gotcha. All right. I want to see it. All right. Yeah. I'll send it to you. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) All right. Let's touch base again and congratulations and uh, good luck for the next two months into your birthday. Yeah, thank you. And thanks for having such an amazing fest. (laughs) One, two, three, four, five, six.